Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Science from Wired. Brought to you by Quantic. Quantic's online MBA and executive MBA degree programs are designed mobile first, with interactive micro lessons and individualized feedback every eight seconds. Don't settle for old school slides and lectures. Engage with the modern MBA and experience the future of education. Go to quantic.edu slash wired for more. NASA's Mars rover will be powered by U.S.-made plutonium. In 2015, Oak Ridge National Laboratory produced the first plutonium fuel in the U.S. in nearly 30 years. Now it's headed to another planet. By Daniel Oberhaus. On Thursday, NASA is expected to launch its new Mars rover, Perseverance, on a mission to search for signs of ancient life on the Red Planet. It's the agency's largest and most autonomous Martian explorer yet. It's also the first to be powered entirely with American plutonium. At the heart of Perseverance is a small nuclear battery, the size of a beer cake, called a radioisotope thermoelectric generator, or RTG. Unlike the nuclear reactors that create electricity on Earth, RTGs don't have to initiate or sustain a fission reaction to generate power. They don't even have any moving parts. Instead, they passively harvest the natural heat produced by the decay of plutonium-238 and convert it into electricity. They can reliably provide energy and heat to a spacecraft for decades. The two plutonium-powered Voyager probes launched in the late 1970s are still transmitting from interstellar space and have been NASA's go-to power source for more than two dozen deep space missions. Plutonium-238 is a unique isotope of plutonium that principally decays by alpha radiation, and because of that, it generates a lot of heat, says Robert Wom, the Plutonium Supply Program Manager at Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which is now responsible for making this stuff for NASA. For a small spacecraft like Perseverance, you don't want fission power. You just want thermal decay. Perseverance is only the second Mars rover to use nuclear power as its main source of electrical energy. The agency's first three rovers, Sojourner, Spirit, and Opportunity, all used solar power, but this meant they ran the risk of losing power completely when enough dust accumulated on the panels. Starting with Curiosity, which arrived on the Red Planet in 2012, NASA engineers switched to nuclear power as the rover's main source of energy. 
It was a bold choice considering that, at the time, the U.S. stockpile of nuclear fuel for space missions was dwindling, and there wasn't a single facility in the U.S. capable of making more. Plutonium-238 isn't used in nuclear weapons. That's its sister isotope, plutonium-239. But as the Cold War wound down in the late 1980s, the U.S. stopped manufacturing all flavors of plutonium to comply with disarmament protocols. Most of the plutonium-238 was from the Savannah River site, which at the time was a defense facility rather than a national lab, says Wom, referring to the South Carolina site that formerly produced most of the materials for U.S. nuclear weapons. Today, the Savannah River site is one of the most contaminated places on the planet, due to the nuclear waste buried on the premises from these activities. When the U.S. got out of the plutonium business, it left NASA with a cache of a few dozen kilograms of plutonium-238 to ration for all future missions. It wasn't much. The Perseverance rover alone uses nearly five kilograms of plutonium. At some point, this stockpile was bound to run out. A 2009 report by the National Academy of Sciences predicted that the U.S. had only enough plutonium for a few more deep space missions. That left the U.S. with a few unpalatable options. Abandon exploration of the outer solar system, purchase plutonium from abroad, or start making it again domestically. When Curiosity was launched in 2011, its nuclear battery contained plutonium that had been sourced from Russia. It wasn't a great look, using Russian fuel on a marquee American space mission. But more importantly, it also exposed NASA to the vicissitudes of geopolitics. A few years earlier, the Kremlin had reneged on an agreement to deliver plutonium to NASA until the purchase deal was renegotiated. Meanwhile, the Department of Energy, which oversees the fabrication of all nuclear fuel in the U.S., had been lobbying Congress to allocate funds to restart domestic plutonium production for years. The idea was to split the cost equally between NASA and the DOE, but each time legislators denied the request. With concerns about a plutonium shortage mounting, Russia was also running low, NASA policymakers decided the agency would foot the bill on its own. And since 2011, NASA has borne almost the entire cost of producing plutonium at the Department of Energy's Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee. The investment soon paid off. By 2015, chemists at Oak Ridge produced the first sample of plutonium-238 in the U.S. in nearly 30 years. At the same time, the lab invested heavily in automated production systems that would allow it to produce enough plutonium to meet NASA's future needs. But even with robots involved, producing plutonium-238 is laborious and involves two other national labs in addition to Oak Ridge. The process starts when researchers at Idaho National Lab send neptunium-237, itself a radioactive metallic oxide, to Tennessee, where automated machines press it into pellets the size of pencil erasers. Next, 52 of these pellets are stacked into metal rods called targets and placed in a nuclear reactor at either Oak Ridge or Idaho National Lab, where they are bombarded with neutrons to produce plutonium. After it's left to cool for a few months, the plutonium is shipped to Los Alamos National Laboratory in New Mexico, where another machine presses the small plutonium pellets to form larger ones the size of marshmallows. Then they're ensconced in a casing made of iridium, a virtually indestructible metal that would prevent radioactive contamination in case of an accident when the rover is launched. Finally, the armored plutonium is shipped to Idaho National Lab, where 32 pellets are loaded into the rover's nuclear battery before it's installed on the vehicle. 
Today, Oak Ridge is only producing about half of its target of 3.5 pounds of plutonium a year, a milestone WAM and his colleagues plan to hit by the mid-2020s. All we're doing is just making sure that there's sufficient material to power whatever NASA has coming down the road in the next 10 to 20 years, says WAM. The Perseverance rover is the first NASA mission to use new plutonium-238 produced at the National Labs, but it won't be the last. Future nuclear-powered deep space missions, like the Dragonfly mission to hunt for life on the surface of Titan, Saturn's largest moon, will also pull from this new production line. And as NASA works to spin up small reactors for nuclear-powered rockets and lunar power plants, the launch of Perseverance could very well mark the beginning of an American nuclear renaissance in space. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.